Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. Man, you finally made it to this week. That's right. Man, it's tough sometimes. made it through the work week, and now you're listening. Yeah, it's it's Friday. We're uh, we're here hustling. We're doing our thing. Um, right. Thank you for being here. We appreciate your support. Drinking a few um, bush lights. If you would like to support us, um, you know, of course, we have sponsors that do support us and what we do and our free content and our hard work. Um, but if you want to take it a step further, buy something from workingclassbowhunter.com. We have okay. a lot of shirts. The wage brain shirts are up. Uh, kill caps are coming back. We have a new patch hat in stock right now. Um, all our infant beanies and like onesies and stuff like that are on sale. We have currently. women's tees now. Yeah, we got a whole a full blown merch store. It's kind of kind of cool. It is kind of um, cool. But best way to support us, go pick something up from there or check out our Patreon. We have three levels: of Patreon, a one, a five, and a ten dollar. Each one gets you something a little different. Um, just check that out it's in the description of the podcast. We don't really push that too hard, but if you're interested, but we do appreciate. Check it, it out. Yeah, yeah. We got a we got a small. Uh, tight knit community. Uh, we're going to be doing some shout outs for some people on there here soon. And uh, thank you for any extra support. But the Absolutely. podcast is brought to you by HHA Sports, Scent Crusher, Loophole Optics, Thermoseat, Victory Archery, Gator Outdoors, Elite Archery, Big Time, Hunter's Blend Coffee, Old Barn Taxidermy, and Co- Can Cooker has helped us cook up some tasty, tasty treats. So we are very appreciative of all our awesome partners, and we hope that you check them out and support them as well because they give a bunch of motherfuckers that say what they want on a hunting podcast and have brought it this far for however many episodes we've done. They are backing us, which means they're for the people because, let's be honest, uh, there's a lot of companies that – told us no because we just say the word fuck all right and told us uh, to kick rocks yeah fucking bullshit and you know what um <laughs> fucking hey boys that's funny because you know the same people who told us that they're doing the same thing in their hunting camps yep exactly it's just uh we don't need to sugarcoat it for the look of the industry and we don't give a shit so uh yeah this beer's for you hey, it, it is. is what it is that's right that's right oh that, you need a beer I'll take one. Um, this is Kurt Geyer 
talking. We have a guest host in this week, Wade. The Wade Borman's here. The Wade Borman. It says on his driver's license, too. It says on his driver's license. And we got Eric Common. We got Doug Schmidt. All right. The mustache. Let's get on to the podcast. Doggy, doggy, doggy. Cue the intro. I'm Chase Rolson with Rubline Marketing. This is Jeff Lindsay. This is Michael Pitt. Hey, everybody. It's John Dudley from Knock On TV. Hey, guys. This is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. Hi, I'm Taylor Drury from Drury Outdoors. Hey, this is Nick Lutton from Bone Collector. Hey, this is Melissa Buckman. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. You're listening to the working class bow hunter. That's right. This is the podcast for Billy Joe Lunch Bucket, the working man, just like me and you. My name's Travis T. Bone Turner from the Bone Collector. Thank you for tuning in. Nobody pushes the envelope like working class bow hunter. Hey, this is Jules McQueen, and you are listening to the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. It's really, really not that good. Good, 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 good. Working Class All right, here we are, the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. We are here with... Who I consider one of my good friends since sharing a recent hunting camp, bear hunting camp with, uh, Ty Glenn. What's up, buddy? What's going on, guys? Well, thank you for doing this. This was one. This is a podcast that you sent me some photos of this buck. You called me, and I was all jacked up for you. And I was like, this is one we need to expedite ahead of schedule because it's so relevant to what's going on out west right now and so close to the time that you killed this animal that we just like doubled like, down on, on a night and got you in. We're like, let's squeeze him in. Yeah. So then, yeah, well, and I, I called Kurt and was like, dude, I, I got to tell you the story. And you're like, no, no, don't want to hear it. <laughs> don't exactly. say anything. I was like, as rude as it sounds, I want to hear the story, but let's wait till we record because we're going to so record. You haven't heard it at all yet. Nope. I honestly, that's the truth. That's perfect. He called that's me perfect. two days ago and I said, can you record in two days? We're going to be in studio. We're just going to do it. Can, can you just tell me the story then? Like, I want to hear it, but I want to hear it organically on record you have a better That's reaction cool. that way exactly yep yep and, and i wouldn't ask as many questions if i knew the details you right. know what i mean right oh for sure so let, let's talk man because we met in bear camp didn't know you at all before maybe you know we talked online yeah. on like on instagram we messaged back and forth but like that was it before bear camp but first person we met when we pulled into into wyoming at the little corner store there at the small town you were the first dude to hop out of the truck and we we're like What's up, boys? Let's do this. Let's kill some bears, and that really—that was the beginning of it all. Yep, that was bear camp's awesome for that. For just guys being able to hang out and camp and get to know each other. You know, exactly. deer hunting can be a little more hardcore at times where people aren't so open with each other. Yeah, so. it's weird, isn't it? It's antlers and horns do that to people, huh? Yeah, dude. I don't. I don't know. Sometimes I'm jealous of the guys who can just go out there and just, you know, hunt whatever deer in the woods and just spend time with, you know, buddies and stuff. And other times I, I love the part where it's getting wrapped up and obsessed with a certain animal. And, you know, it's kind of your own game. Like you're by yourself chasing it. Yeah. Diving deep for sure. Yep. Yeah. I I know that feeling. Like I just picked up a new farm this year with a couple of buddies and I, I kind of had to tell them like, Hey, once I find a deer, like I kind of do my thing. 
And yep. I, and they're like, no, 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 that's cool. I'm like, yeah, but it, like, do you get though? Like what I'm saying? <laughs> do do like, they really understand what you're I, saying? I don't know. They're, we'll find out. <laughs> I probably won't get Dude, invited it's a, back. It's a it's a balancing act for sure. Because I have like. I got a couple of really close friends and then I have a bunch of like a bunch of people that are like acquaintances I talk with and I sure. do the same thing. I'll talk with them all year long. And then once the hunt starts getting close, I start my scouting. It's like, I talk to hardly anyone because I don't want to have to lie to people. <laughs> I <laughs> right, don't want right. them to ask me questions and then I have to lie and then it's all, you know, and I don't want to lie. So it's like, I just go quiet that way. They don't know to ask me questions and, and I don't have to lie, so just go yeah. off the grid for a couple months. And that's not your fault; that's yep. other people's fault that you right. get to be that way, though, to a point. Exactly. But hey, <laughs> let, Rook, before we start diving into deer, we were the kings of bear camp, dude. I still I miss that place so bad. I do too. I I'm I so excited for Eric time. to experience. I know. It. I can't wait, man. I'm gonna. And I'm, I'm looking a, forward to it every day. And I'm gonna be chilling this year. Like I'm just gonna be honestly comfortable, you know. It's so fun. I'm, I'm not even um, – I've told Devin and Easton, like, I'm not even going to hunt this year. I'm just going to come up there and, like, just, I don't know, experience it again out. and enjoy yeah. it with every – yeah, help everybody else, try and get – you know, make sure everybody else has a bunch of success. But it, yeah. I just enjoyed it so much that the bear was just the icing on the cake. 100%. Yeah, I but, agree with that, man, because I'm kind of in the same mood. Like, I want to hunt again, of course. Like, I would like to kill a jet black black bear now. But I'm not yep. going to be upset if I don't, especially because the bear I killed this year was so amazing that I'd like to see Eric shoot a bear, and I'd like to see other people shoot bears in camp. That, that'll that make it for me. But me killing a bear this year will be a bonus. Like, I'm kind of just in I'm, – I'm looking forward to the camaraderie and just, like, the getting away from cell phone service uh, vibe yep. of it all. It's off the grid. Especially right there. now. That sounds amazing. So if, if uh, I remember this – You want to go, Wade. we got a couple spots left for that bear yeah. hunt, by the Do way. Do you really? Yes. I thought they were gone. There's two spots left. If you want really? one, you need to book it like I'm in. right fucking now. I'll do it. I'm in. Okay. 100%. Anyway, keep going. So, Ty, if I remember right, are you the one that, uh, the reason why Clint almost broke his neck? <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay, okay. You're the guy. That's what I thought. You're, yeah. you're, you're that guy. We talked about that story yeah. quite a few times on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm the one who slapped the horse. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you guys could have seen it. Oh, man. Oh, it, just hear, uh, hearing Clint tell the story, you know how dramatic he is about it and oh, everything. Yeah. Yeah, that oh, was yeah. uh pretty well. The night I killed my bear, I didn't know it. I, and we've told this story before, but it's kind of a fun recap before we get into this. I killed my bear, pull back into camp, and ties back there like so jacked. He's like, "Dude, you gotta come see my bear." I'm like, "You shot a bear?" I'm like, "I shot a bear," and you're like, "No way! Oh my god!" <laughs> like it was just the it was the coolest night in camp like I've ever one of, one of the coolest nights I've ever experienced in a hunting camp. So fun! It was fun, man. Just a crazy so thing fun. though. Like I could see. I don't know. I don't know you at all, Tyler. But or Ty, whatever. Yeah, you're, you're right. Yeah, um, either way, whatever. Your but name I could is. just see <laughs> Clint right. on that horse and just taking off, and him nose diving right into a snowbank for some reason. Dude, I I was crying. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> it, honestly, dude, it was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. It was pretty western. It was awesome. So, <laughs> all right, man. A buck called Caitlin. Yeah. You know, So tell us about um, Caitlin. <laughs> Tell yeah, us a story. So, Let's hear about Katie. And, and I'll, I'll get to the name on it here in a minute, but essentially we've got this uh, mountain range here in, in northern Utah that's uh, it's open to your regular archery season, which is like a month long. And then after 
the month-long archery hunt, it goes into an extended hunt that uh, continues through the end of November. So essentially you've got um, like four months of hunting, three and a half months of hunting on it. And in 2016, I believe, was the first year I see this deer. I called it like the Wasatch Whitetail because it's it looked a ton like a whitetail, like as much as a muley could look like a whitetail. Mm-hmm. But it's just this nice three-point, really willowy, nothing, you know, nothing special about the buck. And so I see him 16 and 17, and then in 18, he starts to get noticed by quite a bit of people because he's in an area that's like super high-trafficked area. So there's a lot of hunters who know about this deer. And there's a, a local Instagram page, Hunt the Front that actually did a little photo contest to see who had the best photos of this deer. Um, and kind of ironic enough, I actually won the contest for, for best footage of this deer. <laughs> no kidding. Sure you did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure so, you did. Sure you did. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that year he's pushing, he's right around the 30 inch mark. And, um, and for, you got to remember, you're talking to a, a strong whitetail audience. Yeah. So, yeah. so when you say 30-inch mark, you're talking about spread. 30-inch outside spread, yep. Out, widest yep. spread, outside spread, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, outside spread, widest spread, 30 inches. Um, but like I said, he's still kind of willowy, you know, doesn't have much mass. His tine length isn't Spindly. very long. I think he's, yeah, I think that year the sheds with just a, the guy who picked up the sheds, his name's Luke Holding, he kind of guessed the inside spread and, he was in like the one fifties just to give you guys an idea. And so, um, I got a bunch of footage of him that year. And then going into 2019, we had had a really hard winter that year and antler growth was just garbage up here. And so 2019 was kind of a rough season. I I just really didn't find anything I was super interested in kind of hunted a couple other bucks and, uh, somebody on social media posted on their Instagram page a trail camera picture of this deer. And they had posted, in the years past, they had posted pictures of him too. So they knew where he summered, but not wintered. And I was like, dang, that deer put on some size. Like, I'm I'm thinking the deer might be a 190 buck, and he's like 33 inches outside spread now. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let me ask you this, time because you're seeing pictures of this buck on other people's Instagram pages. If that was in yep. the Midwest, there'd be so much jealousy. Like, oh, you'd hey, have four bashing. You'd have four hundred people trying to hunt that buck. Well, you'd have that, but you'd have people bashing, people talking shit. You'd, oh, yeah. It would just be a drama fest. Is it yes. that way out there? Uh, it hasn't. No, it really hasn't been too bad. That's um, good to hear. That's inspiring a little bit. It's refreshing, actually. Least, yeah. If they are saying anything, it's behind my back. You know that. I haven't really heard anything. <laughs> it's behind your back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I I see these trail camera photos and I'm like, but okay, you, this. Bucks. But you didn't have that jealous feeling. You see that deer. You you know the deer. You weren't like, man, yep. fuck these guys. That that never crosses your mind in any any percentage. No, because in my mind, you know, we don't. And maybe it's we don't have the the private land that's what dilemma that you guys deal with. It's all it public is, yeah. land, and so my mindset instantly goes to like, well, like. Screw these guys! I, if I want to kill that deer, I'm going to kill that. Like, it's up I, to you. I know I can make it happen. Yeah, and I'm I'm really confident in my my abilities and whatnot. And I know where the deer lives, and I just think I know I know what that deer does better than anybody else because I spend more time watching deer around here than 95 percent of the guys. Right. That's awesome, man. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. So I I see this buck 
on a trail camera photo and he's in the velvet. It's like August photo. And, and I'm like, Oh cool. That's like, he, he really blew up this year. And I didn't know where he summered really. I kind of had an idea, but I didn't really know where he summered. And so, um, I was like, as November gets closer, I'm just going to, and you know, the rut goes on here in November, like mid November. I'm like, I'm just going to keep an eye on that, that winter range where I've been seeing him. I, I don't know if I threw that out there, but every year when I was seeing him, it was, it was in like January. That's when I was finding him in the hunts two months closed by that point. So, mm-hmm. um, so November hits. And like I said, this deer normally comes down to this spot. He has to migrate down, you know, several thousand feet in elevation. It's like the start of November, maybe November six, And I'm, uh, I get done hunting for the morning. I'm headed home. And as I'm driving through the area, I pull over and you can glass this little winter range section from the road. And so I pull over and I throw my spotting scope up on the window and literally like the second my spotting scope stands still from setting it up on my window, that deer's in the center of it. I'm like, holy crap. (laughs) What are the odds of that? He's, you know, he's in the, I I think low nineties, 33 inches wide. I'm watching him. He's, he's on this face by himself. Um, he's kind of feeding across the side hill. And so I'm like trying to watch him for a minute to get an idea of what this deer is doing before I make a play. I've got my bow. I've got everything in the back of my truck. So I'm watching him and he, he kind of feeds across this side hill and he gets up onto this ridge line and I'm like, okay, he's going to cross that ridge. I need to move my car to get eyes on him when he goes over it. And as I drive around the other side, there's two hunters coming out of the bottom and they see this deer and they start moving straight for him. And long story short, they blow the deer out of there. And I'm like, son of a bitch. Like, oh, oh well, like I'll, I'll pick him back up. So I end up spending every, <laughs> dude, I was God bless so kicked. So I end up spending every day in November last year, every single day I was glassing that area, looking for that buck. You know, it, sometimes it was in the morning before work. Sometimes I'd pop in middle of the day. I've got, you know, uh, I'm a rep for work. And so I, I'm driving around the Valley all the time or Salt Lake County all the time. And oh, so, so you just happen to go that way every day yeah. to work. Huh? <laughs> happen yeah, to be I'm, in the every, area. <laughs> every day I happen to, I happen to have an account over there that right. I see every day. <laughs> Air quotes heavy I'm, here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm looking for this deer and I, dude, I can't find him. And now I'm like starting to hike up the mountain and get all different kinds of angles into this area. Can't find him. Can't find him. I've got a, a really good buddy. Um, one of my best hunting buddies, he calls me on the second to last day of the hunt and I'm around the other side of the mountain looking and he calls me and he goes, dude, get your ass over here. I've got him. And he's bedding down. And I'm like, holy crap. So I haul ass over there. I get over there and I pull up next to him. I set my glass up and He's literally digging out of bed and beds down. So sit there, look at the mountain for a little bit. And I'm like, dude, I think I can make a play on him. Like, I think I can come in from this uh, south side of him. Um, He's on one side of a a little ravine and it's like super thick scrub oak where he's bedded. But I'm like, I'll just get it. I'll creep in there. And then, you know, if I need to, I'll, I'll wait for him to get up and move or, you know, whatever. And so I work up the mountain. I do like the stock of my life. And I close the gap and I get into, you know, archery distance and I've got this perfect window in the scrub oak where all I can see is from his vitals forward. And there's a bunch of branches that I know if I miss and the branches are like 10 yards in front of him. 
So I'm like, I can't miss back because it'll hit those branches and just deflect into Neverland. I can't miss forward because he's also got branches kind of in front of his face. And so I'm like, all right, I'm going to take the shot. I'm dead calm. Come to full draw. I release an arrow. It hammers him. He blows out of bed doing, you know, mock a thousand. There's, <laughs> I'll have to. He broke the sound barrier. To, oh, dude. He was hauling ass. What was that? And, <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Holy shit. Goddamn flash. Everybody in the valley is looking up there like, what was that noise? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So I, um, I wait for my buddy and his dad to hike up to where I'm at. And literally the second they get up to me, like this wall of, uh, like clouds just hits us. Visibility is now like maybe 50 feet and snow flurries are kind of starting to fall. And I'm like, Oh no. And so we hop on the, we hop on the blood trail for our Midwestern listeners. Weather's different out West. Is it? I think oh, it yeah. is. I think when a storm, from my minimal experience, like when some, you can be up in the hills or the mountains, and when it comes, it comes and it comes hard. Like it hits you. Fa- yeah. I think it hits you faster there. It it literally like I could kind of see it coming out across the valley, but I didn't know. You know, we also deal with a lot of inversion out here in the winter, like smog and just because we've got these mountains basically trapping all the bad air into the valley, and then just. I just have experience from being in the mountains in Colorado and you're like, it's sunny. And then you just get hit with rain out of nowhere. And you're like, where the fuck did that come from? Yep. That exactly. Yep. So I, I didn't, I didn't even anticipate this, but this storm hits. And so I'm like, all right, we, we got to hop on the blood. It's been, you know, maybe 45 minutes waiting for them to hike up to me anyways. And so they get up to me and we hop on the blood and it's really good blood. And he's headed straight downhill and, my buddy's, you know, slapping my back and like, he's all pumped. He's like, dude, you crushed him. You crushed him, you know, like all excited. And, and I'm kind of being like cautiously optimistic. I'm like, well, let's see what's at the end of this blood trail, you know? And so I follow the blood trail. He goes down like 200 yards downhill and then he turns and starts going side hill and he goes like a hundred yards side hill. Now I've gone like 300 yards and I'm like, oh, this is like, I don't like that. You know, yeah. I, it's not good when they go more than a couple hundred yards. And then he turns and starts going straight uphill. And oh, I not up, good. Not good. I'm trying to stay on his tracks because I'm thinking that I may have hit him good enough that it's going to kill him, but not instantly. And I've got this storm that's now dumping heavy snow, and I'm like, I've got to stay on his tracks. And so I end up following his tracks uh 2,700 vertical feet Ooh. over a mile and a half. Because usually when they go uphill, up they, they pump that out, and usually that's when they... Dude, he was and he was bedding a ton. He would go like 100 yards bed down, 100 yards bed down, uh, even though he knew I was I was the one bumping him out of his bed. So I'm like, dude, this deer seriously hurt if he's he keeps bedding down knowing yeah. that I'm right, right on it. But, I mean, that's ass. a good thing, too, though. You keep bumping him. I mean, you're, you're pushing that blood well, out of him. Yeah that's what I'm thinking at the time too, is I'm thinking, yeah, but that could be hit. bad too, especially not to worry about neighboring hard. properties and shit out in that area. Yeah, but the weather, yeah. what else do you yep. do? Yeah. Well, that's what I'm thinking is we're now getting a, a bunch of snow. Like I'm this blood's lost as soon as I back off his trail. So I end up following up until I get up, you know, like I said, about a mile and a half. And at this point I've been sweating like crazy. It's freezing the wind is blowing like 30 40 miles an hour up on top of this mountain i'm i honestly am feeling like i'm getting uh hypothermic 
I, I sound like a pussy, but dude, I was, I was honestly starting to get a little concerned for myself. And so I follow him to where he crosses over a ridge and I mark, I drop a pin on Onyx and I pull off the mountain. I go home, don't get shit for sleep. It snows all night long and I get to the trailhead at about like 1030 the next morning. It's still snowing. I sit in my truck for about, for about an hour and then it breaks and it's like bluebird skies. So it's 1130 now. I go up with the same buddy and his dad and I send them up the opposite side of the canyon, uh, to, to glass for me to kind of put eyes back onto the same side of the hill that I'm on. Mm-hmm. I get up to where I left my pin and sure as shit where he had crossed the ridge, he bedded down like 50 yards on the other side. And so I'm like, I bump him out of his bed. He takes off. And I'm like ready to flush myself down the toilet. I call them and at this point they finally can get a good visual on where I hit him. And I basically hit him high and forward. So I'm just on the front edge of the shoulder. And I I felt like with where I hit two inches back and I'm in the lungs or two inches low and I'm, and I'm in the lungs. It's just a a touch high, a touch forward. And when he blew out of the bed, he's now in belly deep snow and he's covering ground pretty, pretty good to where they were like, dude, I don't think he's, you know, I don't know that this is going to kill him. I, I don't know if you've heard this, days. this, this, uh, I don't know this term in the Midwest. They call that, uh, for bow hunters. A lot of times they call that no man's land. Yep. <laughs> yep. I, I, I was in the center of no man's land. Is that, is that a term they use out West? <laughs> yep. They use that out here too. Okay. Yep. I was just curious. I didn't not, know. Not, not a place you want to be. No, no definitely no. not. <laughs> but, but you get blood and it's encouraging to, to trail a deer that's hit there because, you see well, all the things you want. It gives you hope of continuing a trail is what that gives yeah, you. Yeah, and when I've seen no man's land hit before, usually after, you know, three, 400 yards, like blood comes to you're looking for specks. Drops, right, and yeah. Maybe because, up, yeah. Yeah, and maybe because I was in the snow, I was seeing more blood than what you would have seen on dry ground. But I just felt like, man, this, and, and I'll have to – post up some um pictures of the blood trail i got tons of pictures of it but it was like how is it literally how is it possible for a deer to bleed this much over a mile and a half and still survive Could, yeah dude, i was even in, I was, in no man's land they don't bed that much either that's a good that point that's, weird. that's what was so run, run 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 yeah 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 so when you're talking to snow are you talking like a couple inches 10 inches no, a foot? so so the day that I hit him, um, before that storm hit, there was like six inches on the ground. Already. And then that, yep. And then that storm dropped about another foot. Oh, shit. So it, you know, 18 inches of snow. And the mountains. And so when I, I kicked him out of that bed. Yeah. And so can you imagine hiking in 18 inches of snow covering 2,700 feet of no, elevation that. gain? Downhill. I would die. <laughs> On a sled. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sled. Downhill on a sled. Give me yeah. a toboggan. I'm down. Catch him real fast. Give me a tube. Yes. For a Midwestern so, guy that drinks tons of bush light, no. No, I can't no. imagine that. I can't even climb a hill with that shit. <laughs> I can't walk in uh, normal grass. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was brutal. So I get up there. I bump him. They're telling me, you know, he looks like he's – he looks good. So it's now – I'm. this is the last day of the hunt. I'm like, I'm not going to continue to push him. I pull off the mountain. I call – I call the D, uh, Division of Wildlife Resources down here. I let them know, hey, I hit a buck. Um, I'm going to continue to watch this mountain. And 
if I find him, like, do I just call, like, you know, trying to figure out the process that, yeah. and they say, yeah, call us. We'll need to come investigate it. What, uh, make sure you're taking pictures with a timestamp before the hunt ends of blood so that we know that, you know, that correlates with the whole story and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. So I, I'm up there for like the next two weeks. I can't find this deer, dude. I, I'm looking everywhere and cannot glass him up. And I'm like, this is his winter home. Like this is where he should be. And once again, my buddy Hank, he's, he's up there glassing and he sees these two little bucks in a doe come over a little finger ridge and doesn't think much of it, keeps glassing up other areas. And then he's like, man, that doe was like twice the size of those two bucks. So he spins his spotting scope back over onto it. And he's like, dude, that doe's got a dick. (laughs) And then he's like, well, that doe has pedicles like antler pedicles and then it it finally turns and he can see its left shoulder and he's like whoa there is a big scab on its shoulder so the deer out here normally don't shed their antlers until like february we're in the first week first week of december and this deer's already shed its antlers interesting so he gets he gets some really good footage and i'm and i take some really good footage i used to have and we compare it and it's like the exact same facial markings like it's for and then obviously the giant scab and it's living right where right where he's lived every other winter yeah and so that's where that's where the name caitlin stemmed from i'm like dude this old man just went through a sex change (laughs) (laughs) just like just like Bruce Jenner did, so <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> so, so Caitlin seemed fitting. So I a I buck called Caitlin, a buck called Caitlin, and then you know I end up watching that deer until March. March fifteenth is the last photo I have of him. You can see the scar on his shoulder. He ends up, you know, from there he probably took off to his summer home. I grid the ever-loving piss out of that mountain like 10 times. Well, good for you, for man, his... for like putting in the extra effort to find this animal and the recover. The extra, extra effort. The yeah. extra effort. Oh, dude. Definitely. A lot of people gave up a long time and, ago. And it shows like you've done your homework that you can see when a buck is shed and, and then also give him a stellar nickname by Caitlin like he deserves. <laughs> <you know? laughs> he said, well, man, dude, this... You... I'm 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 sex changing so nobody chases me for the rest of the year. He's like, I'm done. Dude, seriously... And, and I, I mean, when you have that much history with the deer, it just like, I, dude, I was, so we, we also have an elk hunt that goes, it's an extended elk hunt that goes from December 1st to December 15th. So it starts the day or it, it continues two weeks beyond the deer season. And I was actually really looking forward to this year hunting elk in the snow. And I was so sick over the deer that I didn't even, didn't even once go chase elk. Like I was just, I put my bow down for the year. Dude, I started thinking, should I be a bow hunter? Like, what am I, you know, just the lowest of lows. Yes, going through that dark down depression phase. That, that's oh, yeah. um, the dark arts. Where that's I all suck. the symptoms of. I don't deserve a bow hunt anymore. A bow hunter that cares. Yeah. I mean, it, it sounds fucked up, but. It can ruin you. That You want people oh, that, yeah. that are. I don't know how to word this. You want people who are affected by that emotion to be the bow hunters because yes. they care about the shots they make. And they have empathy for the game that they're chasing. Exactly. Empathy. Yep. Word of the week, so, empathy. <laughs> but anyway, so I, yeah. Uh, I, I grid this mountain apart looking for his sheds. I call a couple local guys who, one of them has picked up his 2018 sheds, and I'm like, hey, dude, if you see anybody on social media who comes across his sheds, like, I'd be interested in buying them. 
um, keep your eyes out. And then there's a bunch of other people who it's funny. I see posts on Instagram, like sure miss seeing this deer on the winter range. Like they assume he's dead. Oh, and I'm like, oh, that's not, that's not a bad thing because now they're not going to be looking for him next year. And I know he's alive. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. I, I'm kind of taking some pros out of this too. So, uh, you know, wow. you fast forward a little bit. Um, the, in May, the draw results come out in Utah and I, I've got a handful of buddies who've hunted this deer in the, in the summer home that have run trail cameras and have got them on trail cameras. And so one of them posts on, uh, Instagram that he didn't draw an archery tag in the state of Utah at all. And he's got this deer on, on trail camera the last like three years. And so I call him up and, and at this point we're just kind of like acquaintances. I've, I've become really tight with him this year, but, um, I call this kid, Chris Applegate. And I was like, dude, I know this is like your hunting area. You know, this is, you've been hunting it for years. I'm going to be in the area. Cause I have an idea on where this deer lives. I'm like, I'm going to be in that area, but I would really appreciate it if you helped me a little bit. And, and once I get this deer killed, I'll never step foot into that area again. I'll leave it. I'll leave it for you. And he's like, super cool. He's like, yeah, dude, let's go up. So we plan a day and we go up there and he's like, hang a camera here, hang a camera here, hang a camera here. Like literally spends an entire day helping me. And that's super so, cool, man. You don't see that very often. No, you, you don't you see, that. see that. In Iowa. I expect him no. to tell you to kick rocks. Yeah. Oh, dude, so did I, to be honest. But this goes back to in tie, the Midwest. They tell you to fuck off. I just, oh, dude, did I not just talk I'm about this white-tailed political stuff? Oh, yes. it's different out West. Yes. I feel it's different. People yeah. are, because it's everyone's ground out West. Right, right. Yep, yep. Yeah, so I, dude, like I said, I really didn't expect him to. So I, I, there's a few big breaks, like, in this hunt, and that is one of them. So, so shout out to that he, guy, man. Yeah. That's a real OG right there. Yeah. Huge shout out to him. So he takes me up there. But the crazy thing is I set those cameras up in like mid-June. It's like as soon as the snow is out up there, I, I get cameras up there. June. The snow's <laughs> out. It's funny. Oh, dude, there's some pockets that the snow doesn't leave until like end of July, beginning of August. It's fucking like crazy. Like right now. Avalanche. I love it. It's avalanche like a, shoots and shit. It's yeah. like 112 degrees here in August. Oh, dude. Yeah, and the high up there is like 80. So it it's a little cooler up high. But I the summer's going by, and I'm checking the cameras. I'm shuffling cameras. I've got like seven different game cameras up there, and I cannot freaking find this deer, dude. And starting to panic a little bit, but like still realizing I've got plenty of time. And I've always said it about this hunt. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Like you got to get out of your own head. You, you can't get all spun up. It's there's so much time. You just got to be patient. So I end up mid July. I end up, I'm up there glassing one day and I freaking glass this deer up and I'm like, Holy shit. <laughs> and, and not just that. So 16, 17 and 18, he was just a big three point or a three by three. You guys would call it a six. Well, you guys <laughs> count the eye guards too. So you'd call it like an eight point. Yeah. But yeah. It's a, it's a three by three in 16, 17, 18. And then in 2019, he ends up putting some back forks on and he's got a little inline off his main beam. So he's a four by five. Well, this year he's gone back to his three by three mainframe. And then he's got an inline on his uh, G four and an inline on his main beam. 
So he's a, a three by five for us. Um, but I'm like, dude, that deer is pushing 40 inches wide. It's, it's the widest deer I've ever right. seen. So backing up just and a now, little bit, this may be a dumb question, but that high up in the mountains, do cell cameras work? Oh, so so we're gonna get to that here in two seconds. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Good question, Eric. I, pulled, I don't know. I don't know anything the about the fucking mountains. Solid, <laughs> solid well, question. Premature, Eric. <laughs> yep. Yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of areas that cell cameras don't work, but there are. We also have some ski resorts in the area, and if you're anywhere. If you're in a canyon that's got a ski resort, there's cell service up there. Okay, okay. That there's money sense. there. That's why. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They have a cell tower there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I. Uh, <laughs> Pro tip. <laughs> I I finally I finally find this deer. I take a bunch of phone scope footage of him. I'm I'm not telling anybody about it. I've got like two buddies that I'm talking to. One of them doesn't have a tag, and the other one's like in. Uh, well, I got like three buddies. I Hank, I, I had the clue. <laughs> well, I've got twenty buddies that I'm talking to. I'm so no. It's good uh, to know people. So Hank, I had to tell him because you know he's been involved in the whole drama of this. Shout out year. to Hank. What's up, Hank? Yeah. <laughs> so Hank, and then uh, you know Chris Applegate, who's been helping me out, doesn't have a tag, and then another buddy who hunts Southern Utah, and he's like, dude that deer's 40 inches wide. Like that's a, that's a once in a lifetime type buck. Like you're, you'll probably never hunt a deer that wide again. And so now there's even more pressure added to the pressure of, I just want to kill this deer for the sake of closing that chapter. Mm -hmm. And so I, I continue to glass him up a couple more times. And I, on this, uh, this mountain that he lived on, there's like a, a little drainage or a little ravine that comes off the mountain and about mid mountain, which is like, it's really low. These deer tend to hang out towards the peaks and he's hanging out like mid mountain and he's going into this little patch of quakies every day. Quakies. What the hell is like quakey? Uh, aspen trees. Oh, okay. Quaking aspens. So oh. they call them quakies or aspens. You tell us an aspen by the way it is. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's how we know the Nietzsche so, rock. So he goes, he goes into these. He's like super frequent to these quakies, but he's going in like, dude, in the gray light of the morning, like so early. I actually can't even, I can't even zoom my spotting scope in to see him. I have to put my phone scope adapter on my phone, and then my phone is actually the camera on my phone is actually compensating for the low light to let me see what buck it is. Interesting, so man. He's, He's entering well before sunrise. It's like literally just light enough to start using your spotting scope. So I'm feeling really good that he's mid mountain. You know, not a lot of guys are going to maybe glass him up there. I'm glass. The, the nearest vantage point is like a mile away. And so I'm glassing him from a mile away in this gray light using my phone to, to compensate. And so I'm kind of feeling really good about him going in there. And so one day I follow him into those quakies that morning. And I strap a cell camera or, or yeah. Yeah. So I strap a cell. I had this cell camera on the other side of the mountain and I guess to back up a little bit, I'd been, uh, all the cameras, Chris Applegate had had me hang were on the other side of the mountain. And so when I found him and I'm starting to watch him, I'm calling him like really puzzled. Like, dude, he's, why is he on this side of the mountain? He's supposed to be on the other side of the mountain. 
And the other side of the mountain, there's way more timber over there. And so I felt better like he wouldn't get shot on the other side. Yeah, that makes sense. So is this kind of weird behavior for this time of the year for this this buck? It it was weird. And what I ended up boiling it down to, you know, talking to – he kept saying, dude, if the deer gets pressure, like once hunting pressure starts, that deer will end up on the other side of the mountain as soon as pressure gets there. And so this is kind of – I don't know if this is the most – it's kind of shitty of me, but I'm I'm like, well, if if pressure is what's going to put him on the other side of the mountain, I'm going to give him some pressure right now. So I go over there one day. He goes into that little patch of quakies, and I go over there and kick his ass out. I follow no him kidding. into the quakies, and I blow him out, yeah. Because do you want him on the other side of the mountain, or do you want him where he's at? I, I feel like I can still hunt him on the other side of the mountain but a lot of other hunters are going to be a huge disadvantage because you can't really glass the other side of the mountain. It's gotcha. all timbered. Gotcha. Solid game plan. So, yeah. That's a, that's, so a, that's an experience there. move. Sir. Absolutely. Yeah. That's so cocky. I, I go over as there. Chandler would say, <laughs> yeah, it's well, and I was kind of thinking it's, it's kind of an asshole move for like other hunter. I'm in there shaking shit up before the hunt starts, you know? So yeah, but I no other hunter, there. no other hunter would do that. Cause you're doing homework. Cause oh, dude, I'm, Hey, I'm obsessed. You met obsessed you you met Austin point. Chandler in Bear Camp. One of his favorite things, yep. like if he was on this show, he'd be like, "That's cocky. That's like his saying, you know." <laughs> I like it. So I I go over there. I bump him. Um, two days later, he's back in the same spot, and I'm like, "This son of a bitch." So I go over there and I bump him again. And two days later he's back in the same spot so he'd go nocturnal for like a day and then he'd be back there and so after the second time doing it um i just kind of started thinking like okay let's sit back and reevaluate like clearly he likes to be there for a reason he's not going to the other side of the mountain and what i ended up kind of chalking it up to was have you guys ever heard the term like big bucks have small homes yes oh yeah yes very common out here so so running my cameras this summer, I had them literally around this entire peak on both sides of the mountain. And I noticed that a lot of the little bucks, like the maybe three-year-old deer, two-year-old deer, I would get them on every one of my cameras. And it's like a you know mile-and-a-half loop. And I would get them on all my cameras. But him, I was just seeing in this one little spot. And so I was kind of thinking, well, when Chris Applegate was getting them on those other cameras, he was a younger. That was 16, 17, and 18. He would have been a younger buck. I wonder if... He used to circle the mountain just like these younger deer are, but now that he's gained a couple more years, he's his homes shrank and he's clearly partial to this little patch of quakies. So I've tried bumping him twice. He's not doing it. He's still living in this little patch. So I go over to the other side of the mountain one day and I pull uh, a cell camera that I put over there and I bring it over and I strap it on in this little patch of quakies. Next to the ski resort. No, no. It's <laughs> got sales service to the ski yeah. lift there. So pro tip, hunt next to ski resort. Yeah, yeah. Ski he lift. straps around the ski lift. It's actually <laughs> uh I strapped this cell camera in there and the deer is all of a sudden he's on it like every freaking day. Like and we're probably I don't know, maybe oh August fifth is when I put it up. So hunt starts august 15th so i put it up like 10 days before and all of a sudden this deer is like on it every single night he's coming by this camera as he's coming out onto like this feeding face like this big um 
this big open area outside of the timber that's like a big feeding area. And so he's hitting it every night between like 8.45 and 9.15. So he's coming out of the timber like literally right at last light. But he's super consistent around that time. And uh, so he does that. He does that, you know, from August 5th to August 15th. So you fast forward a little bit. I pack my camp in, get camp set up. uh, Opening morning hits. I get out of my tent at like, I don't know, 4 a.m. I'm I'm camped up on the mountain because it's it's a few miles in there. And walk out onto the ridge. I my cell phone. So the camera, the cell camera is Verizon. My cell phone is AT and T. Get out onto the ridge where I have cell service. I check the camera. He's not on it. I'm like, okay, cool. It's going to be clear to drop into these quakies. I've set a tree stand in there on the game trail. Um, I'm doing this whitetail style. That's awesome. I, the the undergrowth, or not the undergrowth, but like that feeding face is just you know it's tall enough uh, brush that there'd be times when I'd be glassing him that he'd walk behind brush and he'd disappear in plain sight. And then he'd take a couple steps and he'd be back out in the open. And so I knew spot and stock in there was going to be super hard with how tall that, you know, getting a clear shot at him. And I also knew that the feed tends to burn up about mid August. Mm-hmm. And so it's going to get just crunchier than hell. Smart man. So I, I hang this tree stand in there. Which is not very trail. common out there, right? Yeah. I was thinking, I was like, this no. is not normal. Like, do they no, even dude, sell it, tree stands out there? Dude, I I tried to buy. I was going to go buy, like, a decent tree stand, like one that, uh, one don't, that's got the... Don't, don't name drop. We don't want to name drop. Well, I don't even have a name. It's just got, like, a seat. I'm sure something you, I like, saw, right? Hopefully. It, yeah, definitely. You bought off my website. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Guaranteed. You know, you know the kind that has the backrest? Like, uh, it's an actual seat, like a stadium seat you yeah. would sit in almost. Yep, yep. yep. I know exactly I don't know what they call them. But you but, had it, like that. No, well, that's the kind I that's want. That's a but ski I to, lift. I, <laughs> it's a ski lift. <laughs> a ski lift. <laughs> so I couldn't find a ladder tall enough to get into the ski lift. So, uh, <laughs> so you improvised and teleported. I improvised. Well, I'm trying to find one of these tree stands, and I can't even find one locally. So I end up taking one I've got out in my shed. That's some sh- like shitty little the the actual seat portion of it's like ten inches wide. I find some foam. The seat's been chewed up by squirrels, so I get some little foam thing. To, it's a crap stand. Uh, I it, hang that it works, up on though. the. It, yeah, it works. So I hang it on his uh, his game trail that he's using. I go in and I sit. Uh, so I get out of my tent. I check. He's not on there. And there's freaking headlamps everywhere, dude. Like everywhere. Guys are just crawling all over the hills. And I'm like, oh shit, this is. I'm in here a ways. I, I thought there'd be some hunting pressure, but I didn't think it'd be this bad. There's literally guys everywhere. And so I, I hike out, I get in the stand, uh, opening morning comes by. I climb out of the stand. I head back up to camp. I actually, um, I get a phone call from my buddy Hank while I'm sitting in the stand. He just shot a 200 inch buck um, opening morning. Yeah. So I, I pull out of there. I go over. I spend the middle of the day helping him get his deer out. Um, and then I head back in for the evening. I sit the evening. And then Sunday morning, he hasn't been on the camera, by the way. Uh, Sunday morning, I wake up. I check the, you know, my stealth cam app. The buck hasn't been on. He hasn't come by the stand yet. So I'm like, 
shit like have i just been putting too much of my own scent in there like i'm new to this whole tree stand thing and so i'm like asking myself all these questions and i end up deciding sunday morning not to go sit the stand because like i said i didn't know if it was me or if it's the other guys that are crawling all over just putting a ton of pressure on the area but i don't go sit sunday morning and then i i come down spend the day with my family i go back up i go in and i sit sunday night um Sunday night, I actually have a freaking stud buck come by, you know, 60 yards, cutting across this little hillside, feeding, no idea I'm there. He's pushing 30 inches wide. He's got like five kickers, uh, probably a, a 180 type, 180 inch type buck, and I freaking pass him. Oof. And ouch. My wife's like, I don't Dang. think any prior year you would have passed that deer and I'm like I'm freaking killing Caitlin like I I've never <laughs> been more so bad though Caitlin needs to die <laughs> Caitlin needs to die so I <laughs> I uh let's see then cuz Caitlin had to die <laughs> The Dixie Chicks Monday song comes, all of a sudden Earl <laughs> that, oh now I know yeah. a song singing <laughs> right, the Dixie Chicks by the way oh. yeah yeah. Not literally. So just I, uh, the chicks. Metaphorically. <laughs> Too short for me. <laughs> it looked weird. Sorry, Ty. Yeah. Uh, you're good. That's what we do uh, here. So Hit that dirt. It's a Monday, the ski resort right now anyway. You know, so Monday morning comes around. I go, to, uh, I go to a work meeting Monday morning. I get back up there Monday night. I sit the stand Monday night. And... He comes in at noon on Monday. No kidding. Good. Middle of the freaking day. He feeds through. And I'm like, you've got, like, this deer is trying to, to take my soul. Like, it's he's fucking it's trying you. to ruin me. Oh, he's fucking with me. But I know he's still in the area. He's still alive. So I'm, I'm still a little optimistic. Um, Tuesday comes around. At this point, uh... I'm talking to my wife and I'm like, you know, this, this deer's trying to ruin me. I go up, I sit Tuesday night, I get out of the stand Tuesday night. He doesn't come through and I get back up onto the ridge where my camp is and my AT&T has cell service and he freaking feeds by at 9:15. So I get out of the stand at 8:45 cause it's oh, too dark no. to shoot. He comes by at 9:15, and I'm like, he's literally just trying to rub it in like this deer's so i'm and that's the only bad thing about cell cameras right there yeah yeah they'll drive you nuts. Oh, frustration. they drive you drive up you, the wall but i think it helps in this regard so uh i get home tuesday night by the time i get home it's like 11 o'clock at night and i'm freaking distraught that this thing just walked by my camera 30 minutes after i got out of the stand and so i'm sitting there talking to my wife and she's like with him hitting middle of the day Monday, she's like, you just need to go and you need to start sitting that stand from sun up to sundown from yep. here on out. Yeah, I was like, thinking that when you were talking. Whitetail rut style. Yep. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, dude, that is going to be miserable with the summer daylight hours. But, like, I think you're right. But at the same time, I'm also in my head, I'm like, I don't want to burn because this hunt's three and a half months. I don't want to burn my wife out, like, right out of the gate. And I'm like, she doesn't realize, like, how long this could potentially go on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
but I'm going to take her advice anyways. And, and so I tell her, well, I can't, I can't just go with my, with my work. I can't go radio silence and I don't have cell service with my AT&T in there. And so I'm like, I, I don't know what to do. And she says, well, go switch our phones to Verizon then. So I'm like, okay. No way. So <laughs> She knows you're dedicated yeah, your, your to that. Your wife is a fucking OG. Oh, yeah. Shout She's out a, to your wife. Yeah. She is a champ, man. Shout out to your wife. <laughs> so I'm, I tell her, I'm like, okay, uh, Wednesday morning, I got to mow the lawn because it's getting ridiculous. I got to mow the lawn. Shout I gotta out to you. I got to switch the phones. And she goes. <laughs> Do the dishes, make dinner, you know. <laughs> fold the laundry. She says, she says, no, the lawn can be mowed later. Just switch the phones and get on the mouse. Oh, shout out to saint. your wife again. She is a saint. <laughs> hey, I retract the shout out to you, Ty, and shout out to your yeah. wife again. Hey, as long as you're paying the membership fee of the ski resort, you're good to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Is your yeah. wife named Season Caitlin? pass is good in the summer. <laughs> so, uh, so Wednesday morning, I uh, I go and I switch my phones to Verizon. And I get up there. <laughs> That's such an OG move. Dude, this, this story is good is forever. It, yeah, forever. It doesn't ever end. Dude, so you need to write a fucking dude. book about this story. I've, like, been engaged the whole time, though. I'm like, damn, so it's just phone service? Like, I'm yeah. into the whole thing. Aren't you glad you waited for this story? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm so glad. Cause, oh, this is epic. Yeah, this is way. Okay, so your wife's an OG. It, she... She must be really good looking. You switch phones to um, companies like what is. the hell? She must be like a twelve. Oh, I bet she's a twelve. She, either heart. that or she's got a boyfriend I don't know about. Hey, oh, I didn't think about Listen, that. Either at the ski resort, probably. Either she, way, uh, she's still up. Hey, now. If she's cutting you these kind of deals, <laughs> uh, worth it. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I'm, and I'm honestly thinking too, like, where is where is she going with this? Because usually there's something she. Like, does she want a bigger house? Does she want, like... Maybe she's got two phones. She, There's always Where something on the end going? of this deal. Yeah. So I, I go and I switch my phones. I, I get up there and I climb into the stand. It's like 11 a.m. And can I just also side note that sitting tree stands is so intense. Like, <laughs> so intense. I honestly going... All my deer prior have been spot and stock. In spot and stock, it's usually like a few hour process. You have all this time to like get your head around what you're doing. Like when I shot Caitlin the year prior, I was ice cold when I made the shot because like I'd already gone through it in my head I 10 times. Caitlin. Yeah. 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 So now fast forward and now yeah. that I'm sitting in the stand, I'd hear a squirrel in the bushes and I can hear my heartbeat in my ears. Like yeah, thinking of years every time. So bad. I I'm like, dude, this is like uh, going from smoking pot to shooting up heroin. Like, <laughs> hey, when you I, come I, out I, out to the Midwest trying to shoot a whitetail, it's the exact same experience. So oh, you already you, know what. Then you'll like. you're on your phone. You look up and there's a deer standing right in front of you. You don't even hear him come in. Yeah. Oh man, it is it's so intense. So Wednesday, I'm sitting the stand and I'm, you know, it's now like I don't know five fifty nine. I'm sitting there and uh, just bored as hell. I, I'm tired of sitting on this crappy little tree stand that I have. So I stand up and I'm leaning up against the tree. If you can imagine, I'm leaning up against it with my right shoulder and I'm looking down. I'm in the gut of a ravine and I'm looking down the ravine and a buddy sends me uh, a video of him shooting a cow elk from opening weekend. And so I pull it up on my phone and I'm watching I'm watching him shoot this cow and it's only like a 20 second clip. And so it finishes and I go to rewatch it again. And before I do that, I just do a kind of little look around and I look up and he's at 20 yards coming, coming straight up the gut of the ravine, dude. Oh God. And I'm, 
I'm literally like besides myself, like, you know, huge adrenaline dump. I, I slide my phone into my pocket. He steps behind. There's like three uh, quakey trees that are all lined up that create like a little three foot wide wall. So his head's behind it. So I, I kind of hurry and I spin. So I'm facing straight forward and I pick my bow off the little bow hanger and, uh, you know, knock my, knock my release or clip my release on. And he ends up walking under the tree at like two yards from the base of the tree I'm in. And I'm freaking like, my legs are shaking so bad. I'm like, do I think I can get away with sitting down? Because I almost feel like I need to like to eliminate shaking, sit <laughs> yeah. like sit down. Yeah. And, uh, I'm, I'm like, no, what? No, you just got to get your shit together. It's like, you're not going to risk getting blown so you can have a seat Ty. Like you're, Pull it you're together. Good. Yeah. So he comes up past me, he hits this trail and I, I've already, you know, obviously I've range find, uh, a, a bunch of different spots in there. And so he's at 15 yards. Um, he turns and he's facing like straight quartering away and I freaking draw back my bow. He's still looking like what would be straight ahead for him has no idea. I'm there. I'm at full draw. I, I line my peep in my, uh, my sight house up. I put the pin like I, I actually, because I'm 15 yards, I think maybe I should aim, you know, two inches lower than I want to hit just because I'm at a closer than 20 yards and my, my pin is at 20. It's a 20 yard pin. Yeah. So I, I put it right where I want it and I freaking squeeze it off and it just hammers, dude, like that uh, hollow watermelon thump. Yep. Yeah. And the whack he, he does diaphragm exhale. He, oh, dude. So he does a, he does a 180 and shoots out of there like a freaking banshee, dude, just blows out of there. And I'm left standing in the tree, like with the biggest adrenaline dump I've ever had in my life. I, I feel like I'm going to pass out. I, my whole body's like tingly and going numb and I'm like, what in the hell just happened? And so I climb out of the tree. I just slip out of that stand. Uh, I go the opposite way. I slip out of the stand of trees. I get up onto the ridge line where my camp is and I, uh, change your I call a couple buddies. Yeah. Change my pants, <laughs> call a couple <laughs> buddies. And I'm, I, so I, I call Hank and I call, um, well, I called a few guys, but Hank and James were able to come up in there. James Yates able to come up in there and help me, you know, recover this deer. And I, uh, those guys were so involved that I, I wanted them to like experience walking up on this deer sure. with me, you know? Um, so I meet them, we hike up in, and by the time it took them to, to drive up the Canyon, hike in all of this, it's now nine o'clock. So it's, I shot him at six o'clock on the dot. So this uh, going through, like, like when you do this, going through your head, are you, like, thinking about last year, like, all that shit that happened? Oh, dude, I I don't even know what to think at this point because I literally have put so much blood, sweat, and tears into this. And it, like, I, I tried describing to my wife, archery hunting is so hard because it doesn't matter how bad you want it. That deer is playing a game of life and it could give two shits less about your goals. Exactly. Like, Dude, that's, just, su- that's such a great statement. Man. It is. That's such they, a great statement. They don't care. Like I, I could pick any other, any other passion or hobby, uh, running an ultra marathon. Like I know if I do X, Y, and Z, I will get the result that I, you know, or get close to the result I want. I can complete this, marathon i can complete this financial goal i 
everything I want I can complete. But with deer hunting, big old deer like this, like, dude, they're, they're, I'm sure there are guys out there that have grinded their entire lives and have never hit that goal. Yeah. Like, oh, absolutely. 100%. They're playing a game of life. Yeah. So I don't, I don't even know what to think at this point. Um, they get up there. And what I see in my shots. So. Damn, hold on a second. I want to reflect on like what you just said. That has like such <laughs> deeper meaning, like to to what it's a even huge meaning. If you don't have experience in bow hunting, you might not be able to wrap your head around that. But the way you worded all that was such a good way of explaining like this, like kind of sometimes. Well, it's I, almost sometimes impossible to accomplish. In your own oh, head. Yeah. Because, yeah, like you said, no matter how bad you set your mind to something. And how if, bad you want it. Yeah, no matter how bad you want it, if you're a little off, that deer just wants to live. So if you yep. fuck up even in a minute percentage of of what you think you should or shouldn't be doing, that deer is going to capitalize on that and then get away. Like, yeah, like you said, well, when uh, oh, yeah. he went to grab his bow, like if he, if he caught a glimpse of it, the deer's over. gone. Not it's even over. that, being within that close. I mean, I don't know what kind of stand you're in, obviously, but not even know that you were there. That's crazy. I mean, yep. he's two yards from a well, tree. Was, yeah. a simple creek. Running, yeah. I yeah. was running in Ozonics, um, and it's something I – another – like I said, there, I feel like there's so many pivotal moments, but I have a, a good friend that I just so happened to run into at, at the trailhead one day, and I was like, hey, dude, you, you run in Ozonics. Like, I, I remember him telling me about it on a bear hunt that he did. And he's like, oh, dude, I've got two of them. Like, let's meet up tomorrow morning and you can borrow mine. And this is like a couple days before the hunt. I tried to buy one of those, too, and I couldn't find one. I, I ended up finding out that they're direct to consumer, which is kind of lame. But, um, well, for me, needing one in a pinch. But um, I, I had talked to a bunch of other guys, and they were like, don't worry about getting one of those. Like, you'll be fine. You're high enough up the tree. You're this, that, and the other. But I also wondered, dude, did that make a difference? Could it, have. That may that may have been the difference. Well, I don't know. That close, it maybe it probably you never know. Probably, yeah. yeah, but I mean, two yards. That's nuts. You know what yeah, I mean? crazy. Oh, yeah. I just, I just Dude, like the so, way you worded that. Like you know, that quote needs to be wrote down and put on a T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it was good. I, I like that a lot. It's it just shows your appreciation for the situation. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Which is uh, I it bums me out when people don't don't know what's going. On. Like don't have an appreciation for like the actual. The deal, the deal of what, yeah, of what's in front of well, you. Well, I think know? it's cool because it's like this is meant to be. The whole story is meant to be. Yeah, like the, how oh, many dude. ups and downs you've had. This is meant to be a hundred percent. But you, like Ty, you've also created this like your own recipe to what it ended up being of yeah. success. You know, like if, if yep. a lazy person would not have had this opportunity. Well, you changed dude. phone service. Yeah, right. To do this, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. Kill this like buck. you did every single thing you could do <laughs> yeah, right. to, there to, was, to make it happen. Right. There was no step I wasn't willing to take to, you know, at that point I'm pot committed. <laughs> yeah. I'm doing whatever it takes. Says a lot, man. So, There's a lot of people who complain that aren't in it like you are. Absolutely. That complain they don't kill deer like that, but it takes a certain yep. level of commitment to, to be successful like this. Absolutely. So I, I hit this deer as he's, he's quartering away, hard, hard quartering. Well, I don't even know how you, he was quartering away. We'll just say that. And I, I hit him about second to last rib and it looked like my arrow was angled to come out in the opposite side shoulder, the front shoulder. What you want? But my elevation, I was like, I hit like dead center mid elevation on his body. And I thought, oh, that might be a little low. 
for, you know, shooting out of a tree stand. So I'm, I, but, but other than that, I'm like, dude, I, I got, you know, I probably got some guts, liver, you're still, you're still catching something there. Oh, I'm punching through a bunch of stuff. So I, I tell these buddies that they get up there, we jump on the blood trail. It's now nine o'clock. It's been three hours and we start, we start out going and I can like right out of the gate. The first thing that stands out is he's bleeding on both sides of the trail. I've got blood on the left and the right of the trail. So beautiful, beautiful. Uh, although, although I didn't get a pass through, um, I could see like eight inches of my arrow sticking out. I did poke out the other side. That's a pass through so, brother. That's oh, a pass. Absolutely. through. Right. So I, we start out this trail, and he, he starts out going, like, straight side hill. So we go, like, 200 yards of straight side hill, and there's blood everywhere, dude. I, there's blood all over the quakies. There's, you know, that he's been – he's pumping. He's clearly – it's pressurized blood. Once again, Hank and James start the high-five in, you know, congrats, like – all pumped up and i've i've been the i've been the rounds with this deer dude i've you know nothing's gonna shock me at this point like i don't even want to get excited (laughs) right right you don't want to jinx yourself before it happens yeah so and it's it's really bright red blood it it looks good uh but we go 200 yards and the deer turns and starts going straight downhill which (sighs) is you know it's a it's a good sign that he's going down and not up right but as soon as he turns to go downhill um the blood turns to like a really dark, almost black blood, which I'm like, okay, that's liver blood, which I figured, I figured I had caught his liver. Yeah. From the entry. Um, yep. From the entry. So, um, I, the problem, it, it, it gets to the point where we're looking at like pin drops. I mean, he is like not bleeding going downhill. Mm. We hit a couple spots where, we would be down on our hands and knees for like an hour gritting around this one pin drop. Like, where does the blood trail go from here? Hank forgot his headlamp at home. Mine died. So I'm on my backup headlamp. Uh, Yates has a, James Yates has a really good headlamp, but you know, that's one person out of the three of us that has a good headlamp at this point. And somehow Hank with his freaking using his iPhone light would would holler out got blood and he's like 75 yards downhill and all of a sudden we're back on blood and so we'd start following the blood again and he's still just dumping straight downhill and then we would run out of blood again and we were back on our hands and knees for 45 minutes so you fast forward a little bit and we're in the bottom of this canyon and it's like a flat bottom and it's now well after midnight we've been blood trailing for over three hours we're on pin drops. I'm like ready to throw up just like I'm, I'm having flashbacks at this point, like just disturbed. Uh, we hit a spot where this deer crosses a meadow and it's like three foot tall grass. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Oh no, dude, this is going to be a nightmare to like find where he crosses meadow. And so we're sitting there in that meadow and now it's two 30 AM. And, oh jeez! Oh yeah, it's dude. It's been so slow since he turned and started going downhill. So what time did you shoot him? Uh, six o'clock. Started on the blood trail at nine o'clock. So now we're five and a half hours after we started blood trailing. <sighs> Damn. And all of I mean, there's a bunch of things that check off the list. This is all it's it's all um, dried blood. So we know we're not bumping him out of his bed. But one thing I can't get out of my head is like that arrow should have gone right through his liver and 
I don't know about whitetail, but liver punch deer normally don't go more than 200 yards without bedding up. Yeah, I, I know so, that typically to be the case, too, for yeah. whitetails. I'm, I'm like, how is this deer not bedded up once? How is he still going? And and this was all done, you know, almost immediately after I hit him because it's it's all dry. And so we're down at this meadow, and, like, 45 minutes goes by we're in this meadow. And I tell the guys, I'm like, guys, it's freaking 2 o'clock. Like, I'm spent. I haven't eaten anything all day. Like, let's just wrap this up. I'll come up again in the morning and pick up on last blood. And you still don't have and, your arrow yet or anything, right? No, it's in him. Yeah. It's still in him. It's still in him. And so, you know, James and Hank oh, are like, they're like, dude, we neither of them, because of work obligations, neither of them could come back up the next day to help me. Right. And I'm like, you know, that's fine. And so they wanted to keep looking. So we keep looking over this meadow. Another half hour goes by, and I'm like, guys, let's just let's pull the ripcord for tonight. You know, now it's 2.30. Now that the second time I tell them, it's 2.30. And I'm like, guys, let's let's call it for the night. And uh, they're kind of reluctant. And, and on the other side of this meadow, there's a band of quakies that's like 50 yards wide. So a strip of trees 50 yards wide. Below that is the main trail. And so it would have been easier just to bushwhack and head straight down to the trail, like right. kind of cutting off to the left. But James and Hank reluctant to leave um, because they knew they couldn't come back up and they wanted to be there for the recovery. Um, James goes, well, let's do this. Let's go down to those quakies right there. Let's get 50 yards apart. We'll grid through those quakies, and then we'll catch the main trail and hike out. So I'm like, okay, All the night sounds after good. Yep. So we literally, we get 50 yards apart. I'm on the far left. Hank's in the middle, and James is on the far right. Literally the second we hit the quakey line, I just hear, I hear James, Whoa! like, start just screaming. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm confused. Dude, I'm, dude, I'm delirious <clears throat> at this point. Like, and did like, he find blood? Did he find the deer? Like, what's yeah, going on? Like, what's going on? And what time I, is this again? 2.30 a.m. Okay. So I see Hank, like, kind of start to trot towards James. And so I'm, I start moving that direction. And as I get closer, I'm, like, 50 yards out from him now. And I can hear James, he's a giant. He's a giant. And I'm, like, no freaking way. Did like, you start sprinting? I start, yeah, oh yeah, I start springing at that point. I get over there, and he's piled up. Not not bedded and died. He's piled, so that deer literally did a death march, almost 600 yards, and piled up. Dead <laughs> as a doornail, all riggered up at this point, and I'm in, like, complete disbelief over what, like, I'm not kidding. I was having flashbacks in my head of last year, what yeah. he had done to me last year. Oh, I can imagine, her. man. Well, you had perfect reason to. And in that process, I'm starting to second-guess everything. Like, well, did I really hit where I think I hit? Like, you're, you're trying to remember when you took the shot, but it seems so foggy because of the adrenaline rush. Then I'm like, I, like that's what I told you when it right happened, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick to it that that's where I hit him. And sure enough, that's exactly where I hit him. Mid-body for elevation – second rib from the back and it exited right down in his armpit on the offside. Damn. Well, and that just How goes to show these far? animals like their so their sole purpose is to survive. Yeah. Yep. Even with a heart yep. uh, uh, an arrow through his liver, lungs, right out the money maker, he's still going to run 600 yards downhill. He's trying That's to crazy. make it and stay alive is what he's doing. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's just instinct at that point. It's crazy. You know? 
So we, you know, I figured I had figured this deer. If he was three and a half the first year I saw him in 2016, it would mean he's seven and a half this year. Um, so he's at least seven. He's an old, freaking weary deer. <laughs> like he just, and I'm sure he had flashbacks of being hit the year prior. You know, uh, mm-hmm. he's like, not this again. <laughs> yeah, not this. Oh yeah. no, not this guy again. <laughs> I'm sure this felt a little different this time. Yeah. So he, you know, we find him piled up down in that meadow. We get him all taken care of. Uh, by the time I end up getting home, I get in bed at 5.30 a.m. I sleep to 7.30 a.m. <laughs> and then wake up so that I can take him to the taxidermist, the meat to the butcher. You know, I I had a pile of gear up on them. I had seven game cameras I had to pull over the next, you know, the next day. Seven game cameras. Uh, tree stand, camp, all my gear. It was, it was a lot of work, but dude, I'm. Do it all over again. Still, oh yeah. Just like could not believe that it all came together. Congratulations, man. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Let's yeah, talk was, about this buck, man. Like, let's give me some stats here because this thing has to, this, I mean, we know whitetails, right? Like, there's the, the super giant whitetails, there's like your average whitetails, the 130s, 140s. Mm-hmm. But mule deer for a Midwestern guy can be a whole nother just experience of just seeing like the width, the beams, the time. Like, yeah. I've shot a mule deer and I still don't understand that. I don't, way. I've, you know, I've shot a mule deer too. And so have you, Doug. Yeah. But we've all shot like the, the, what would be considered uh, small? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. 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 Um, if you will. Yeah. Well, even uh, well, my full range system, my like one forty buck, and then like I don't know what we we don't know what we scored that mule deer at. It still looks almost bigger though, like the way they just come out. Yeah. And, I don't have yeah, that with they, my mule deer. But they, I, hey, it, it wouldn't change it, it though. So much different. I see whitetails too, and I'm like, what? That thing's one. That looks like it's one twenty. How's that one sixty? Like it looks <laughs> tiny, but yeah. They're, yeah, they're so different. They so, just hold um, their frame different. I'm going to Utah next fall, brother. I'm coming out oh, there. You better, yeah, you need to come out here. I'm coming. It's, I've been building points for a long time. I'm going. Totally different experience. It's. I mean, buddy Clint, he's hooked on it, dude. He's out here just glassing for Devin this I last know. week. I'm coming with that motherfucker <laughs> next fall. And oh, I'm yeah. coming out. I don't care if he goes with Devin, they're butt buddies. Me and you about to be butt buddies. <laughs> <laughs> them, yeah, you and Ty. <laughs> Me and Ty, Clinton, Devin. We're gonna have a, we're gonna have a face off. Yeah, you and Tree Stand too. There you go. We should do that. We should do a podcast. Uh, Clinton, Devin versus uh, Kurt and Ty. Let's do it. <laughs> I'll be the ref. I'll be, I'm here. <laughs> yeah, you, you'll be the moderator. The moderator. Yep. He's got Doug and Eric who know the who know what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> no. so, look, look, give me. Talk about the experience of, like, grabbing this buck. Like, you recover them, you grab the antlers. Like, give me that whole, like, breakdown mentally. Oh, man, I don't even – I don't even – I can't even really put it into words. Or I don't feel like maybe words would even do it justice to, to to take a buck that you've watched for four years. You put an arrow in it. You're, like, all the sacrifices that I've made, my – wife and kids have made you know i i'm like I, your I cell phone even, yeah the poor at&t got cut out of the picture so that i could kill this dude um <laughs> fuck him it, he was he ended up growing on the ground i had figured i i thought he was right in that scope of 38 to 40 inches wide 
um, based on all the, you know, the pictures I had, everything like that. And 40, what ended up, so the deer ended up being 38 inches wide outside spread. Um, what ended up being the hang up and what I missed was on his right ear. If you look in the trail camera photos that I posted on Instagram, he had gotten frostbite or that's what, you know, the taxidermist and I assume on his right ear, he's missing about an inch and a half off the tip of his right ear. And, you know, had he had that and I was basing it off of his ears, he, he would have been, you know, 40 inches wide, but his ears weren't as wide as I was thinking they were. So he's 38 inches wide. I had figured him to be, um, high 180s. I figured him, he might touch 190 inches, but I thought he was like in that 185 to 190. He ended up taping out at 195. Nice. Um, oh, damn. He had almost 40 inches of mass. It was his G2s uh, that that kind of cut down on that score. He had a 31 and a half inch inside spread, which does go into score. That's um, insane. He had 30 inch main beams, which is stud. I mean, just stupid long. Like you hear 25, 26 inch main beams on a mule deer, and you're like, that's a Giant. that's got good beams. I yeah. would say with a whitetail from just being a measure 24 inch beams on a whitetail is when they start getting high scores mm-hmm. yeah okay so it's really similar with mule deer then that's yeah. that's when you start noticing like I've killed a couple other bucks that are you know like 170 type bucks that um, I'm scoring them and I'm like oh man what did I miss like this isn't scoring as high as I thought and then you pull the main beams and they're like 21 inches and you're like well there it is flip, yeah. you know Yep. Yep. There it is. There's a lot of big bucks that got that uh, 20 to 22 beams, but when you start getting them in that 24 beams plus, that you get some big boys for sure. And that's like literally exactly like mule deer. So he had uh, he had 30 inch main beams. It's it's hard to see in the pictures, but he's got three scoreable eye guards on one side and two scoreable eye guards on the other side. Oh, cool. Um, Yeah, it just. He had those two inlines. One of them's like a six inch inline. The other one's a four inch inline on his right side. He's just, dude, he's, he's so big. Like I, 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 the pictures don't even remotely do it justice. I've talked to a couple buddies since that are like, Oh dude, they've called me up and they want to hear the story. And they're like, what is that? Like a 180 buck? And I'm like, no, he's it's actually 195. And they're like, what? And that they start asking some of the other measurements and they're like, holy shit, is that deer? You know, and then obviously the buddies that have seen him firsthand are like, holy cow, dude, that thing is, he's just so wide. Just That's crazy awesome. wide. He looks insane. Yep. The cover art of this episode is like so clickable because you just see oh, this yeah. just wa- this giant. I just love the way mule deer look. It's just, well, and it's, they're cool. Crazy. There's something about them. It was probably one of the biggest mule deer bodies I've ever been on too because when we, we had to move him like five feet to get a good little spot to take some field photos and I told Hank, I'm like, uh, grab him by the ears, and you just keep the head from dragging on the ground. I'll grab all four legs, and we'll just kind of move him over like five feet. And we go to lift, and we can't even move the deer. And James is kind of like shuffling through his pack. I'm like, James, we need your help. And so he comes over, and he had to grab the front two legs. I had the back legs, and then Hank had the ears just to move him like five feet. It was like, what in the hell? No kidding. Oh, dude, he was so big-bodied. And then, you know, of course, when I get him down to the taxidermist, He's pulling measurements on the deer's face. Uh, like, I, I don't even know what measurements they were, but from, like, the eyes to the nose and between the eyes. And he's like, dude, this is one of the biggest deer heads that I've seen in a long time. Like, this thing is – he's like, it's going to be – it's going to have to go on the biggest form I can order for mule deer. <laughs> no Damn. kidding. Which is awesome. 
just, I mean, an old freaking troll of a deer. And this is your biggest you know, muley to date, right? Yeah, yep. Highest scoring and just, you know, I don't think I'll ever... They normally just don't get that wide without, you know, kickers or a lot of the bucks that you see in the high 30s, they've got like matching kickers coming off both sides. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, something Damn. funky about them, but... That's awesome. That is cool. It's almost like Crazy. the biggest typical type whitetail rack you could get. Yeah, yeah, he's... And he looks... I think he looks like a whitetail. I don't know... You know, if you guys being whitetail guys, if it, you'd probably still look at him and be like, no, that's a mule deer, but... I, no, I see the mule deer, but when you say, like, that whitetail comparison, like, I, I understand what you mean. Yeah. I noticed it. I noticed when I saw the picture. I saw that. Yeah, you, you know what I'm saying, Wade? Like, you can yeah. see... You see whitetail-esque frame to him, but he's mule deer scale. Yeah, but yep. the gray face, like, right away you're like, yeah, yeah I yeah. can see it. It, dude, they're just—it's cool to us. Like, ha- have you ever killed a whitetail, Ty? Nope. You got to get out here, man. Like, you know, we talked—we talked in camp. I want to get you. I want to get Easton. I want to get Trey out here. I want to get Devin out here. Like, you guys need to come out here, man. It'd be fun. Yeah, that'd, that'd be a riot. It, It's—they're just not whitetails. Just aren't as framey. You know what I mean? Like, you guys are limited to time, so like your just opportunity would be limited. But you know, right? They're here. You know. They're out yeah, here. Yeah, I need to. I need to get out there. I need to chase white. You already used the tree stands. We'll chat, brother. We'll chat because I got Utah points that I've been itching to use, and I think next fall is my time. And I think maybe after that you got to come, uh, come, come to the studio, record some podcasts. You can stay at the studio, yeah. and we'll, we'll chase some white tails. I think uh, me yeah. and Eric might have to apply for some Utah points, huh? You guys haven't Heck been. Yeah. Uh-huh. Have you, Eric? Um. I don't think so. I don't think Utah. I think I got, I got five. Wyoming. I got five muleys, five elk, and two antelope points oh, in Utah. Oh damn! Damn, son. I've been trying, Just man. To cash in. I'm trying to collecting uh, points. I'm trying to hustle right. out here. You know, <laughs> it is right. what it is. <laughs> but we'll 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 do a. Uh, it's team curtain tie. Yeah, Devin and, and Clint. You know, I've been saying it. They can go fuck themselves. Ever since this episode. <laughs> Wait, you started. <laughs> hey, it's curtain tie right here. What's up? What's up? They don't want this tree stand mule deer smoke. You dude, know? <laughs> they ain't ready for it. I don't really mean that because I think Devin's a great dude and Clint's. You know, he's okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Clint's but all right. No, they're good. I dudes. met Devin, but Clint. Can you right. imagine the mule deer camp though? Oh, dude, that'd be so fun. And then, then you guys need. We need to get Clint to come to Illinois and figure some shit out and then have you guys come here. That way we can do a whitetail camp with everyone together. Just everybody. The, the bad thing about it is, like, I'm the only host now in Illinois. Eric and Doug are Iowa. Like, you have to apply for points in Iowa, and you get every three oh, well, years. We can come over here and hunt. Yeah, you can. We'll That's the cool right. thing about it. So we technically all could share camp in Illinois. Illinois, for sure. <laughs> That's a lie. Well, it's a lie, but uh, <laughs> Illinois is the easiest, so we'll just go with Ty, that, I start, guess. Start applying for hey, Iowa, and we'll have you out. Who just set the world record? What oh, up? snap. Some guy from Virginia. Illinois bucks. <laughs> <laughs> it is easier to hunt Illinois, but uh, we'll talk. We'll talk for sure. But, Heck yeah. Dude, congratulations. That's an amazing bug. Congrats, dude. Good for you. I'm Thanks, glad man. we able – our schedules just worked and we were able to fit this podcast in. Like, I mean, how long ago – time of recording, how many days has it been since you shot this buck? Uh, it's Wednesday, so we're coming up on a week. A week. So as quick as we could do it, man. So Yeah, and I was super – for a couple of days there, I was super busy, you know, making a bunch of trips in there to shuttle out all my – 
get, pull all my game cameras and all that kind of crap. So I was, and I was running on sleep deprivation. So it started to feel <laughs> kind of good though, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. That's a good kind yeah, of like work. Got, a good cleanup. It got dark there for a minute on that blood trail. Like, you know, the, like I said, heard all those flashbacks of what happened last year. I was, yeah. I, I, I told those guys, I'm like, dude, if I don't find this deer, my crap's going on the online classifieds and I'm, Hanging up my bow. <laughs> I can imagine, I man. Like, oh, oh, yeah, if you've been to. if you've been bow hunting long enough, you know that feeling. You get to that certain yeah. point on that on that blood trail, and it's hello darkness, my old friend. <laughs> yeah. And then you always got your like, um, if that's you, and then you got your buddies like, oh no, we're good, we're fine, we'll you're find fine, them. bro. Yeah, that's exactly like, what they kept saying. That's exactly. But in your head, you're like, like, fuck like, off, like I'm who, fucked. Who picks? Who picks a passion and a hobby and dumps everything they have into it just to get kicked in the nuts? Twice? Exactly. Yeah. Not football fans. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's totally true. Yeah. I, uh, Sorry, football fans. But listen, <laughs> what, are you crying because your team lost? Yeah. Suck it up. Mop up your feelings. Chase a giant mule deer. Yeah. You know? Uh, Two years in a row. That's crazy, man. I congratulate, congratulate you. You're yeah. a real OG. Thanks, guys. You put the Good work in. Man. You are you are a calculated individual. I know you'd never say that about yourself, but this podcast I think showed that um, with all the work you're willing to put in, the sacrifices you make, killing big deer don't come without sacrifice. Dude, Remember that right. for sure. Well, cool, man. Hey, where can people find you? And if they want to see, I mean, of course, like the cover art, and we're going to post pictures of this year. But if they want to see you and your social media, where can people find you? Uh, Ty dot P-L-E-N-N on Instagram. That's about it. Very cool. Thank you so much. And if you want to book a bear hunt and go hunting with Eric, myself, Ty Glenn, Clint Casper, Devin, and the rest of the listeners that have already booked their bear hunt for next spring at Double Diamond Outfitters in western Wyoming, you can contact us. Hit, um, hit us up, email us, workingclassbowhunter at gmail, and we'll set you up. Wade might be buying a spot. I'm doing it. Okay, there's one spot left. <laughs> spot left. Too late so, now, guys. Once it's actually tomorrow, you're already you already done. Do Checks wrote. I, pr- I promise you would not regret it. So much fun. So much fun. You'll we be on a-, a horse, Wade, and Ty will slap it in the ass. Dude, you used to ride horses all the time. <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> I'm, I'm the biggest that. badass white boy on a horse you've ever seen in your life. Stallion <laughs> from, from Iowa. Stallion <laughs> air, baby, right here. So we got one spot left for the bear hunt. Um, I think that is on week. Well, I think week two is filled. If Wade books week three, week three is filled. So there's one spot left on week one. Get but, in there and get but, him before. But Eric and I will not be there. We'll be there. We'll over, we're overlapping week two and three. Yep. So we get to spend time with both camps with listeners. Um, but I would imagine uh, Devin and Ty, are you going to be there the whole time, the two weeks? Um, I'll probably come out. I'll probably do it like you're doing it. I'll probably overlap. plan to hit the middle of week two through the middle of week three. Cool. So you'll probably show up the same time Eric and I show up. and So cool. So Can't wait, man. We'll book it out. If you're interested in doing that hunt, I think there's one spot left. Wade already claimed one spot, so we'll we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Um, Damn. There it is, man. Thank you so much for doing the show last second, and congratulations on a buck in the lifetime. Huge congrats. congrats. for having me on. Awesome story. Share the story. Very cool. All right, guys. There it is. You know what to do. Go shoot your bow. We love you. I'm Will Cooper, and you're listening to Hunt Stands Make Your Mark podcast on the Waypoint Podcast Network. 
Stick around as I bring you more stories and interviews from veteran hunters and industry professionals who inspire us all to be better equipped in the woods and in life.